Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender and my daughter Abby Cadabby has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 43rd meeting of Spew to Order. Lavender. Hello, Queerness. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a good day. How are you? Good, good. They they have me teaching 10-year-olds. How's that going? Um, well, it's going well. I, I've done two classes, and one of them was very quiet and reserved, and the other class was very loud and obnoxious. Mm, at least you got one quiet class. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene from Jurassic Park where... Timmy's in the tree, and he's just telling bad, bad jokes for, like, what seems like five whole minutes straight. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like that, but there was nine of them. <laughs> and they all wanted a turn to tell their bad joke. Of course. Did you let them? I, I, I didn't stop them. <laughs> That's the most important thing. And we still finished in time. So then it all worked out. That's a success to me. Yeah. Ten-year-olds are hard. <laughs> I was worried one of them was going to leave in blackface. Oh, God. (laughs) Not on purpose, but... Well, I mean, the paint ended up on her face on purpose. Oh, dear. Anywho, let's talk about birthdays. We got a lot this month. Yeah? Well, we're going through all of June on this episode. So June 5th is Draco's birthday. June 23rd is Dudley's. The 28th is Dobby's, which I'm now curious how we know this. Oh, you know what? I think it was posted on her website at some point. It's probably Pottermore. No, actually, I think it's from, it was from a website called From the Desk of J.K. Rowling, which was like a really early website. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's old. Blast from the past. And then Deaths, uh, Quirrell died on the 4th, Myrtle died on the 13th, Sirius Black on the 18th, Cedric Diggory on the 24th, um, some Death Eater named Gibbon died on the 30th. And Dumbledore died on the 30th. Actually, Gibbon is the one, it was the same day that Dumbledore died. It was a rogue, one of the other Death Eaters accidentally shot him. I mean, you can just always count on, like, clockwork every June, somebody important dying because of Voldemort. (laughs) Yes. Well, uh, end of school year. Exactly. You can always count on, at the end of every school year, Voldemort's going to come after Harry and somebody is going to (laughs) die. It's just interesting of doing these dates, how you notice that, like, the inciting action always happens in the same month. The Mm -hmm. Christmas stuff always happens in the same month. The the inciting action always happens around Halloween. Right. (laughs) And then then it all culminates to someone dying in June. So, Lavender, what are we talking about this month? What are we talking about? We're talking about the tales of Beetle the Bard. Yeah, I thought we were at a good point in Deathly Hallows to take a short detour and read the the tales of the beetle. Yeah, have a little breather. Which, the tales themselves are, I mean, they're, they're weird little short stories. The interesting part was mainly the 
commentary from Dumbledore after each story is where we learn a lot of fun, weird background information about random things. Yeah, I love that they they put that this was, you know, translated by Hermione with notes by Dumbledore. And this was released after Dumbledore had passed. And so it's kind of important to keep in mind whenever you're going through all these notes. And Minerva actually, or... Professor McGonagall, I should say, actually gave permission to release these and said that she thought Dumbledore would have, you know, fully supported the release of these notes. So it's just kind of fun to keep in mind when you're reading throughout it. Um, now the first thing I wrote is just the fact that only thing that we know about Beetle the Bard is that he was born in Yorkshire and had a luxuriant beard. Luxurious beard. And they could only tell that because it was on like a like a wood carving. <laughs> like that's how old these tales are supposed to be. On the first story, The Wizard and the Hopping Bot, which it was an interesting story. It made I I couldn't decide if the father had the same issue with the pot or if he bewitched the bot specifically to force his son to take care of people. Yeah, they never address that at all. The fact that the foot isn't there and then grows and then doesn't go away makes me think it was the latter. And that the father had the little slipper. But the slipper also made me think that perhaps he had these issues before, but it still didn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a fairy tale and they're all, that's kind of the point of fairy tales. Yeah, there's plot holes abound. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the freedom of writing a fairy tale is you can put in plot holes on purpose and don't have to worry about it. All right. It's kind of kind of fun i guess um the only real note that i wrote down about this one is a quote from a malfoy ancestor that says this we state with certainty any wizard who shows fondness for muggles is of low intelligence with magic so feeble and pitiful that he can only feel himself superior if surrounded by muggle-born pigmen nothing is a surer sign of weak magic than a weakness for non-magical company <laughs> i'm laughing because i saw this note that you had wrote before i had read this part of the of the notes after the story and i was like what is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> definitely a weird thing to see out of context but i don't just the, the way this was worded i was just like I hate this person. This person's a jerk. That That's really all I had to say on that. But I also love the language of it. Oh. It's flowery while being simple. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way of putting it. My favorite part of this whole thing was the little side note about Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. <laughs> you see, you hear a little of his backstory that you know, you know, you never hear any other time. You just know that he is a at Hogwarts, but apparently he was locked in a dungeon without his wand and he was unable to magic himself out of his execution yes then a couple of times in some of these notes Dumbledore mentions an another author Beatrix Bloxham mm -hmm. and she sounds kind of like a mix of Mary Poppins and Umbridge to me like sugary yes. sweet like Umbridge and not evil mm. but only but worried about the welfare of the children mm. I mean Joanne claimed in her essay that she was worried about the welfare of the children right I mean saying not evil is seems a bit of a stretch in the next story here the fountain of fair fortune mm -hmm. so at the beginning it's just set up that there is like this magic fountain 
that somebody has to go once a year and drink from it and then they have good fortune. And it just kind of reminded me of the plot of Holes. Because you must return and take Madame Zeroni to the top of the hill so she may drink from the water. Do you know how long it's been since I've seen Holes? It's been like, I don't know, 20 years, man. <laughs> I don't even remember the plot of Holes. Just that Shia, Shia LaBeouf was in it before he went crazy. Shia LaBeouf never went crazy. Also, did you not read the book? I did, but again, like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the few books I've actually read more than once. But then, once it kind of gets started, and it's all these people crowded around the hedge to get in, it just kind of reminded me of Black Friday. (laughs) Because then everyone just kind of storms over everyone, and then not the people doing the storming get in. Right. And I want to know, like, who made the rule? About only one person entering the garden walls? Because in this story, that just obviously didn't apply. Yeah, it, it, it felt like there was a fairy tale about a fairy tale, and then he wrote a fairy tale about it. Again, fairy tale plot holes. I guess. But I mean, on this theory, couldn't everybody, like, link hands and just get to the garden? <laughs> I, yeah, but was... Yeah? What was the chances that one of them ended up coming in anyways? I don't know. Yeah, it's all in. Fairy tale logic. Lack thereof. But then, I don't know, all four of them seem incredibly stupid because there's they're presented with a riddle and then they just try to fight it and it doesn't work. So then they just keep trying to fight it. What? Do they not know what riddles are? Yes, they all enter under, you know, mysterious circumstances. They, they all just kind of luck into figuring out the riddles because they don't they don't ever try to stop and think about them. They just keep trying to push past it, which works on the final one. Because they just have to keep walking up the unclimbable hill until eventually the hill says they won. (laughs) Anyway. So apparently there's a Wizarding Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yes. Why do we not hear about this anywhere else? And they have special effects. I, I don't what, like what where what where is the school what, what what is is it in the UK what why I I'm just so confused about this lack of this school's existence. I agree, and also then that made me think, you know, we never hear of any any type of arts in Hogwarts. I mean, dueling, but is that art? No, no, it's not. Now in the movies, there is a choir and a band. That's true, but there's never any mention of them in the books. No. So this one is one of the first stories where the commentary just keeps saying, this is a favorite among wizards. And I'm going, I hated this story. I liked this one. (laughs) But the, the one thing that struck me as odd is they said that they were mounting this production in the Great Hall and then revealed that the giant worm was an engorged, what is it called? A giant fire snake. And the note says, you should not put in a room full of wood paneling. Mm -hmm. And then it says that the Great Hall smelled of burnt wood for weeks afterwards. Was the Great Hall covered in wood paneling in the 80s? Because I think that's what this says. I think so. (laughs) Because that that would have matched the timeline, like when Kettleburn was there. Wood paneling is very 80s. Yes, Unless wood paneling means something different in the UK and is not what we're thinking of. But I can't imagine a great hall with wood paneling either, though. But then again, the Enterprise had wood paneling on the bridge during Next Generation, so. (laughs) And then, (laughs) 
I loved the notes in these too. The notes were obviously my favorite part of this entire book. But one of the lines, they were talking about Professor Kettleburn was actually the one that brought and enlarged it for this artistic production. <laughs> and it, it made me think of, um, you know, what Dumbledore said in the third book. Mm -hmm. Professor Kettleborn has retired to enjoy life with his remaining limbs. Yes. <laughs> and for some reason, I remember the first time I read it, read Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. The first time I read it, I thought he meant like with his remaining family. <laughs> and then when I was older and read it again, I was like, oh no, they meant like, like his actual, you know, bodily limbs. And then reading this, you find out he only had one and a half of his <laughs> extremities left. Well, in Hogwarts Mystery, in the, the mobile game, he's actually a reoccurring character in it. And he has like a robot claw hand. I did get rid of Hogwarts Mysteries off my phone. <laughs> And then the warlock's hairy heart. <sighs> I hated this story a lot. Yeah. This is just awful. It, it It's very much felt like a absolute misunderstanding and mischaracterization of asexuality. And then I didn't understand the twist ending. Like, I reread it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure what happened or why. Like, what what, what is he saying happened? I, I'm... I'm I, which, that's something I get with a lot of, like, short stories. You get to, like, the ending, and there's obviously supposed to be a twist, but I'm not exactly sure I understand what happened. <laughs> Why did it twist this way? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, this one... This story made me uncomfortable, like, on all levels. <laughs> and then I sat there, and, the, you know, they have a picture in the book of mm -hmm. this hairy heart. And for... Ugh, if I sit here and I think too hard about it, like my skin crawls. I don't know why, but that's gross. Which version of the book do you have? Do you have the original with J.K. Rowling's pen sketches? Yeah, I think so. It looks like pen sketches, yes. Yeah. Not that many, but a few. Yeah. Yeah. No, that drawing of the hairy heart, I don't like that. <laughs> it makes me queasy. And also, if you go and you look through all of these notes... <laughs> Dumbledore should have been, like, a gossip columnist, <laughs> not a headmaster. Wasn't he asked to... He, he was offered, like, every job. Well, he would have been great as a gossip columnist. Would have put Rita Skeeter out of business. <laughs> he lets loose some scandalous stuff, some scandalous personal stuff in these notes. He also wrote almost in the third person. Like, he, like, it was almost on the verge of going to third person, but not quite. Not quite. But also very much like, I would never do that. But it, it, but it very much almost feels like he means to go like, Dumbledore would never do that. Yeah, not old Dumby. <laughs> and we get Babbity Rabbity and her cackling stump, which we've read this one before and talked about it. Mm -hmm. I like this one because it has deceit and animals. Talking animals. Deceitful talking animals. <laughs> this one... <laughs> This was also in the afternotes, and it was saying that they were referring to a certain witch in this specific story. <laughs> and I can't remember the witch's name, but they said that, you know, she was captured at one poison and was seen, a rabbit was seen leaving her cell. And that that same night, a large white rabbit was seen crossing the English Channel in a cauldron with a sail fitted to it. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I like that mental image. I, also, I like the fact that he first prefaces this by saying it's never been proven that these are the same rabbit. Like, <laughs> But, 
And then a similar rabbit ended up becoming advisor at the court of King Henry VI. Yes. And then finally we get to the tale of the three brothers, which didn't really get much on this one. I I guess this is because it becomes so big and that we learn so much more about it that there really isn't a whole lot to talk about in here. But another weird fairy tale plot hole that really bothered me in this one is the fact that they're already using magic and stuff, but building a bridge to cross a river is how they outsmart death. Like, seriously? It wasn't even anything super complicated. I guess that's right. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like if that is problematic, then shouldn't all of this be causing all sorts of havoc all over the place? Like, you know, like they shouldn't be able to do magic because all of the gods be angry. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I really got on this short little book. It's an enjoyable read. It really is. Better than Cursed Child, anyways. Uh, Oh no, Cursed Child had some really good cliffhangers. Anywho, do you like a trivia question? Of course. Okay, so I'm actually not going to read you this one that I wrote down because this one I grabbed just because it was way too difficult to even bother with. (laughs) Okay. How many times was Nearly Headless Nick executed with a blunt axe? This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Glingotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. Okay, Lavender. How many times was Nearly Headless Nick hit with the blunt axe? Oh, man. It was like, I don't know, 56 times. Lower. 34. Higher. Dang it. 42. 45. Oh, dang it. The other question I had is name the three women who succeeded in getting into the Enchanted Garden. Yeah. (laughs) And there is no way you would get that unless I gave you the multiple choice, and then you just go with the one that's all the weird A names. Yep. That's how I would have done it, exactly. (laughs) Actually, I remembered one of them was Asha, because I I have a friend named Asha, so that one stuck out to me, but I couldn't tell you the other two. (laughs) Okay. So, in news today, not a whole lot, but we've got some stuff going on. In not news, there are rumors that Amber Heard is trying to land a role in Fantastic Beasts. Of course. Which is just stupid. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. I'm hoping that's just a rumor that people are starting to be petty. Well, and it also could just be she really could have said something, but it still seems stupid that she would even try. On June 3rd, the Harry Potter store New York opened up and there was a three hour line in the rain. Yeah. Emma Watson went on Twitter finally to clear up questions of rumors. She says, Dear fans, rumors about whether or not I am engaged or whether my career is dormant or not are ways to create clicks each time they are revealed to be true or untrue. If I have news, I promise I will share it with you. Yay! Mads Mickelson has talked about his attempt to replace Johnny Depp saying it's obviously a more direct comparison because it's the next film, so we have done a few bridges that allow us to recognize it, but we've also said we have to make it our own. 
I have been a fan of Johnny Depp since I seen him as a young man and tr to try to bring his intensity and way of doing it into my work is a no-go. I have to find my own because his is unique and I just have to let that be and find a different path. Hold on, wait. Is is Johnny Depp older than Mads Mikkelsen? Johnny Depp is old, but I have no idea. <laughs> because no offense, but Mads looks older. In the pin collecting collection, there is a new oversized fox pin released on May 20th with a limited release of 500 pins. And also, I don't know if I just missed this one, but they released pins of Trevor, Scabbers, Fang, and Arnold. Arnold? Yeah, Arnold is um, Ginny's Pygmy Puff, the much forgotten pet. <laughs> yeah. A couple more books went up for auction. Um, another uncorrected proof of Philosopher's Stone went up. Again was, I don't know why they keep estimating these so low. This one said two to four thousand pounds and actually sold for twenty-one thousand pounds. And then a paperback of Goblet of Fire. So this one was, they saw the one that sold last month and then they had to jump on this one. Um, this was owned by one of Daniel Radcliffe's doubles. And was signed by Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, Matthew Lewis, Devin Murray, and Katie Loon. And it was estimated to sell for 700 to 1,000 pounds, and it sold for 1,400 pounds. So, not, not as crazy as the one from last month. That's all the Harry Potter-related news I've got this month. Mm -hmm. For autism news, Ty, as in the Beanie Baby Company, has introduced Max. He's a multicolored dog. Is currently in pre-order, and 100% of the proceeds will be donated to Next for Autism, which is one that I'd not heard of. But Next for Autism is a charity that specifically helps people on the spectrum transition from school to adulthood. Oh, very nice. Hmm. And he's so cute. Look at him. So that's all I've got for today. If you'd like to join our conversation... You can always send us an owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a howler by sending us a voice recording there, or by clicking the link in the description, or giving us a call at 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Spectrum People. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash spewcast. We're on Instagram at spewpod and TikTok at spewcast. Our website is spewpod.uk, and as always, we want to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye.